serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we're going to jump right into it here this morning. Uh, later this hour of the show, we're going to have the phone lines open for you and anything and everything you want to talk about here on Montana Talks. After a big news day yesterday, uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale dropping out of the U.S. Senate race here in Montana. We broke that news uh, shortly after 4 p.m. yesterday afternoon on our Montana Talks website, uh, first reported by Politico. Tell you more about that here later this hour of the show. But the other big story yesterday, a lockdown at Malmstrom Air Force Base in Great Falls, Montana. Uh, but but we still don't really have any any real answers as to why uh, Malmstrom Air Force Base went into a lockdown. Uh, apparently, officials were keeping visitors away from a building where a suspected real world threat was reported at about 10.30 a.m. Anyway, we've got Cascade County Sheriff Jesse Slaughter with us on the phone lines right now. Sheriff, I know you got a busy morning, but uh, thanks for freeing up some time for us. Uh, apparently, uh, they haven't even told you uh, what the reasoning was for why they uh, went into lockdown, huh? Yeah, that, that's correct, Aaron. Uh, kind of a crazy situation. Uh, we get alerted that uh, there's, a, there's an active shooter at Malstrom Air Force Base, of course, when that happens, every you know gun and badge carrying law enforcement officer is trained to go. Um, not only that, not only are our law enforcement trained to go, but we have uh, task force rescue, so our, our firemen go too, uh, because we don't do the thing where we if we have a, a mass casualty incident, we don't wait. We go in and rescue victims immediately. Um, we you know we've learned we've learned you know so. We hear this is at the base. Um, we have jurisdiction at the base of the Cascade County Sheriff's Office. It's actually right outside the city limits. And there's all sorts of different types of labels of jurisdictions at different parts of the base. But basically, uh, you know, and as I had as County Attorney Josh Racky explained in my press conference yesterday, uh, the sheriff out there has, has jurisdiction. And so uh, we had deputies on base that made it through the gates, got on the base, and linked up with... Uh, Malstrom Air Force Base personnel and started to to hunt for this um, alleged shooter at the time, and that was the initial information that we got. Interesting, but but you were telling me that that they didn't let you onto the base as the sheriff. So um, not exactly. So um, I went to the emergency operating center because uh, that's the appropriate place for the sheriff to be sure. on the scene. So I sent my undersheriff and my captain, and I said, uh, you know, I directed them to go to incident command there. Uh, what we're trying to establish, and this is what we've always trained to do, you train that in a active shooter, you, you everyone comes, they know that. So what you do is you establish what's called a unified command immediately. That's right. Where so everybody, everybody's on the same page, right? And everybody's in communication. Uh, yeah, no, that that just makes absolute sense. All right, well, well Sheriff, if you can, stand by uh, Sheriff Jesse Slaughter with us just for the first few minutes uh, of the program here, but talking about this lockdown on Malmstrom Air Force Base yesterday and right outside uh, the gates of, of Malmstrom as well. Uh, and then I want to get his take on just the broader security threats facing this country and what the sheriffs are hearing as well. Endorsed by Donald J. Trump for the Senate race in Montana, Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy joined us in studio. Full audio. Go to MontanaTalks.com. Click the on-demand button. 
Oh, look, even country music isn't country anymore. Man, I think that was the funniest comment that I saw after we shared this story about Beyonce supposedly coming up with a country song. Uh, one of the commenters said, oh, come on, even country ain't country anymore, let alone Beyonce's music. Uh, Aaron Flick here with Montana Talks. We had that story for you on our Montana Talks website. Uh, plus, we got a lot more serious stories than that. In fact, most of the time, we're focused on the serious stuff. So uh, that's where you go, MontanaTalks.com. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, so, yeah, at Malmstrom Air Force Base, they had planned a mass shooting drill, an exercise to respond to a, a mass shooting. But then all of a sudden, they believed there was a real-world threat uh, that had been reported. So now all of a sudden, you've got uh, an exercise going on, and they think they have a real-world threat going on. Uh, so I was talking with Cascade County Sheriff Jesse Slaughter a little bit more during the break. Sheriff, you were telling me how, okay, your deputies respond. You know, Im you've got to respond immediately in an incident like this. If, you, if you're told there's a real-world deal going on, your deputies, they responded. They get inside Malmstrom Air Force Base to assist. But then, what, your captain and another deputy go... You're at the emergency operations center. You send your captain there to go, you know, basically lead your men and, and, and women, deputies that are already in the fight, and they wouldn't even allow them on the base. Uh, so I guess what happened and what, what are the concerns you have? Oh, that's correct, Aaron. You know, I had my undersheriff and my captain there, and we have jurisdiction on the base. We've had it forever. You know, if you get a, a domestic um, sexual assault, even, even, if, even a homicide, we are the, you know, we're always the primary jurisdiction that deals with all those crimes on the base. And so they decided to lock down the base very, very, very early in the event. And all we were trying to do was like, hey, we get it. You decided this is the amount of personnel you want. We, we respect that. We realize it's a military installation, so the rules are a little different. But I was like, hey, this is my only request. I need to get my undersheriff and my captain in there so we can establish unified command so that our comms work appropriately, so that we can lead and direct our, our, our men uh, on the ground that are in there, um, and we can work appropriately. Because the things you worry about is, you know, blue on blue. Good guys pointing guns at good guys. You worry about that. You worry about, um, you know, they, they obviously had exercise in play. So who were the role players? Were they walking around with fake guns? You know, all that information we needed to start relaying in real time. Mm, yeah. Um, the other the other factor we have to realize is we have an entire community that is getting these um, active shooter alerts. All right, military personnel, military spouses, they're getting these text alerts on their phone saying this is a real event, it's really happening at Malmstrom, this is an active shooter. So the entire community is in a mass panic. So you've got that on top of it. And, you know, as, as a PIO for the organization, had we had that, it de-escalated actually pretty quickly. We could have been in real time de-escalating our community really quickly, too. Um, and not to mention the factor that, you know, I mean, when you do this, you've got, you've got law enforcement officers running lights and sirens on icy roads. 
and they're spying at this event, and you know they're going fast. They're they're trying to get there to neutralize the threat, risking their lives. Yeah. Well, and and the public's lives. It's an additional danger to the public. That's right. That's right. I mean, fortunately, no nobody was injured. It sounds like there was no actual real world threat, or I guess we'll we'll wait and find out. Um, and you know, and, and part of the reason we have these exercises is, to, is so that we can improve things, so that we can make sure that mistakes don't happen when a real world response has to happen. So, in that sense, it, it actually became a better exercise because now we, you know, hopefully, there's one of the lessons learned out of this is like, okay, hey guys, here's 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 what we're going to build into our SOP, our standard operating procedure for coordinating and working with local law enforcement because there, there's no time to think. You just have have to you have to respond the way you're trained to respond well kind of but here's the issue we've already we've already done this we've already established that we would go in on the base on these types of exercises in fact no um i'm going to give kudos to you know colonel little who's the wing commander i mean he reached out to me and he told me he's yeah this isn't this is not how we were supposed to do this this is not how this was supposed to go down he wasn't um present on base at the time and he said, yeah, this is, this is not, he said, this is not how we trained in this. Um, and that's what's frustrating is we know that that's not what we do. So we've already established those SOPs. My, my issue and my frustration becomes, it becomes a trust issue. It becomes a trust issue where you're like, hey, we need to count on each other to establish unified command and do things. If, if the United States military installation wants to establish unified command and then make the decision that they want to limit personnel, I think they have the right to make that call. But if I've got guys on the ground inside, then we need to establish unified command so we don't have major issues that lead to more public safety, more issues. And the other thing is, is that, um, you know, typically the military or the federal government in these situations, they don't answer to the public for these. I'm left to answer to the public in this type of situation. And I still don't know if there was a crime that was committed, if they... Yeah, I don't know anything. They yeah, was there an actual threat? Was there not a threat? Yeah, you, even yeah. you as a local sheriff haven't gotten the word. Sheriff, um, I know or you got to run, or if you can stick around for a few more minutes, i got to take a break here in, in another minute or so, but a lot of people are just wondering about threats to this country in general, the, the flashing lights everywhere that the FBI director talked about. Apparently there was a big sheriff's meeting with the FBI director, and basically all these sheriffs are like, everybody brace yourselves. What's your thoughts on that? You know, I mean... It's just common sense. I mean, if you look what happened at the, milita- at the southern border, um, you're seeing a lot of military-aged males from all over the world come in. Um, you know, the data that I've gotten is women and children usually don't survive the trip. They're oftentimes sold into sex slavery, sold off, all sorts of things to, you know, pay the cartels to be able to get to the southern border. And unfortunately, the women and children become the currency. So a lot of, I mean, you're seeing women and children at the border. I'm not going to deny that. But I'm saying you're seeing a lot of military-age males come into this country. Why are they coming into this country? Um, you know, and are they here to do us harm? Are they, what are they here to do? And, and I think you're seeing that, and that's your, like, obvious sign that bad times could be coming. And the fact that we've, you know, with the exception of Texas, you know, God bless Texas. Oh, we, we got to hold it there. Hold, hold that thought. From the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint 
All right. Thankfully, Sheriff uh, Slaughter is able to join us for just a couple more minutes, and then we're going to jump right into your phone calls, 406-294-0970. Gary and Billings, you'll be first up. Yeah, Sheriff Slaughter, you know, I didn't need to see this video that's going around on the Internet. Apparently, uh, some of these sheriffs in in other states warning about all the dangers facing all the threats facing our country right now. I mean, uh, the, the point you were basically making right before the break is, it should be pretty obvious that our country is facing uh, a lot of threats right now, right? Oh, yeah. And this southern border policy has created a lot of the problem. Um, I'm not going to say it was created all of the problem because obviously we had issues with cartels and drugs prior to that. But, yeah, we have massive issues uh, of security, national security issues in this country, and that is one of our biggest sources of it. And I don't think we even understand I don't think we can even remotely conceptualize because we're not tracking the people coming in like we're supposed to be. So uh, the problem is just just becoming insurmountable. So I agree with you. It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of a common sense thing. Well, and you know, we saw the FBI director on Capitol Hill. Apparently, the FBI director met with uh, some of the sheriffs at the National Sheriffs Association. Some of these national sheriffs meetings here recently. But he was on Capitol Hill saying there's there's flashing lights everywhere, that he's never seen it this bad when it comes to the threats facing America. It's like, well, yeah, you guys are the ones that turn those flashing lights on. I mean, you want to turn the lights off for America's energy grid with your Green New Deal policies, but you're turning on the flashing lights of of the threat uh, uh, all across the board with the open border policies, with the defund the police movement, really chickens coming home to roost right now as well. It's all of the policies. I mean, it's, it's not just, you couldn't even point at one thing. It's all of their policies together are just literally making our country and the state of Montana less safe every day. And the solutions are so simple. Uh, they're so, so simple. And uh, they just need to you know, start doing the right thing for the people. Well, Sheriff, I know you got to run. Thanks for freeing up some time for us this morning. I've been telling our listeners they got to check out, they got to sign up, uh, get your Pursuit podcast. You've got your Pursuit podcast up and running, uh, and it's just it's just great to see so many of the folks that you're interviewing on that podcast, from local ranchers to local business owners uh, and more, and and of course a little bit of politics in there as well. But yeah, definitely encourage folks to check out the Pursuit podcast by Sheriff Slaughter. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else, et cetera. Sheriff, thanks for your time again this morning. Thank you. God bless. All right. God bless. Uh, yeah, and all, everybody travels safe on those roads out there. we got a pile of snow overnight in large portions of, uh, of Montana. Uh, I think a record was set in Billings. And then in the, in the high country, uh, Michelle Wolf in Bozeman says 12 inches or more is possible in the Montana mountains. Uh, by today at some point. So uh, got that story on our Montana Talks website. All right, another story that we got on our Montana Talks website right after the news broke yesterday. Yesterday afternoon, big news. Politico was first to break this news. Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale is dropping out of the U.S. Senate race. You remember it was one week ago. Rosendale just announced that he was running for the U.S. Senate last Friday. It was, in fact, it was in the nine o'clock hour because we were live on the air in Glendive uh, when that news broke. And then what was it? Three and a half, four hours later, President Donald Trump endorsed Navy SEAL veteran and Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tim Sheehy. The question now is, 
Will Congressman Rosendale run for re-election in the U.S. House of Representatives for that eastern seat, or is he done with Congress altogether? Uh, real quick before we get to Gary's uh, phone call, from the Politico report, here's what Rosendale said in a prepared statement. As everyone knows, I have planned to run for the U.S. Senate and to win both the primary and the general election. However, the day I announced, President Trump then announced that he was endorsing a different candidate. By my calculations, with Trump endorsing my opponent and the lack of resources, the hill was just too steep. Now, will, Ros will uh, Rosendale run for re-election in the House? Uh, KTVH-TV reported another line that was in this prepared statement sent out by Congressman Rosendale. Uh, Rosendale said he will be returning back to Montana soon to be with his family and will, quote, prayerfully consider what is next. Uh, so that's uh, that full, uh, full story, full statement and more. Go to MontanaTalks.com. Uh, Tim Sheehy. Uh, via Twitter, via X.com, uh, sent out this message uh, following the big news. He says, Matt, Montana is grateful for your service and for showing Washington, D.C. what it means to hold the line on reckless spending. I know working together, we will win this race and defeat John Tester. Uh, Gary in Billings, uh, what's your thoughts on this big news? Hey, Aaron, thanks for taking my call. Um as you know, I'd called in different times, very critical of Matt jumping in and uh, creating a kind of a real mess in a political situation. So uh, I want to thank Rosendale for having the courage to realize the odds he was against, uh, because sometimes we want something, but it's not meant to be. I'm an old guy, probably older than dirt, and I made so many mistakes but it's made me I'm a better you. person i'm with you there yeah it's made me a much better person to realize hey you got to change your thinking and be more uh friendly help other people and that's what i really believe that matt can do so i just encourage him to to thank him for having that courage to say i cannot go on yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any of us can truly imagine how hard a decision like that must have been. And and like you say, the courage, the humility that it takes to, to say, God, you know what? I really felt called to do this. I really felt like like I had the ability to do it. I had the support to do it and, and to make it happen. But then to have but then to have, like you say, the courage to say, you know what? Uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to eat a piece of humble pie and just take a step back. Um, yeah, I, th I think a lot of folks respect that, and uh, we've all had to do that at some point uh, in our lives. But but for something as as public as this, uh, I mean that's that's a big deal. What do you think now? I mean, I, I mean, we had a ton of callers who were saying, "Matt, stay in the house, stay in the fight." There, um, but now it's, it's kind of unclear because uh, in this statement, he he says he's he's basically going to you know prayerfully consider what he does next. Um, I, but I know there's a lot of folks out there that are hoping that he will uh, refile the paperwork and stay in the house seat, and then you'd have two incumbents, a Republican congressman in the east and a Republican congressman in the west, uh, both uh, you know basically running for re-election uh and 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 then you could of course uh, free up resources to focus on holding other seats and gaining new ones like the supreme court etc 
Well, you know, you think of all the things that he's done, and he has his heart in it. But, uh, again, what's he going to do if he doesn't uh, gonna run? That's one of my problems, being old, and I lost a lot of my friends that are not around anymore. So it's hard to get old and not have those friendships. And, you know, I'm 87 years old. I don't know. Like I said, I, I love your show that I can call in. Oh, well, it's great. It's, it, it's so great. Yeah, well, Gary, we appreciate your phone call. Uh, and phone lines are open for you, 406-294-0970. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the other thing here, which is like, okay, if he decides not to run for re-election, I mean, could you blame him? I mean, I've said this before on the show. I'm so glad that people step up and serve. I'm glad that the – I mean, even though we joke that everybody and their mother is is running for that eastern congressional seat, I, I'm thankful that there's people that are willing to step up and serve, especially in Congress right now because, man, I don't want – okay, you, you want us to leave our, our, our family and uh, give up our lives to go back there and then to do what? To do what? Right? I mean, at best, you're just – you're just holding the line and blocking bad things. But what's actually getting done, especially given, you know, all the GOP infighting that we've seen over the in the last year, uh, you know, year plus. Right. Uh, you know, why wouldn't you decide to come back home and, and, you know, spend time with your grandkids if you were in a similar position? So but uh, but, yeah, it's obviously a big decision for, for him to make here. Uh, Gary, thanks for the phone call. Let's go next. We've got Virginia in Laurel, uh, Virginia. What's on your mind? It's uh, Donald Trump. I think everybody needs to get together, wake up, and vote for Trump. Yeah, I think I think a lot more are are, are finally waking up and going to do that. But you're right; you got to keep waking them up, don't you? Yeah, like I have, I have, like I trust Donald Trump more than I do Joe, and I like to have a peeky mail in the White House. What is it that you What is it that you like about Trump? What do you, What do you trust about Donald Trump so much more than Joe? As you say, well, he's more honest and uh, he's a good person. It was interesting. Um, yeah, Virginia, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. It was interesting. There, uh, there's been a, a lot more coverage of black voters in particular and why they're voting for Trump and. And there was one woman, I can't remember if, if it was on a Fox News interview or, or where I saw this at, but they, but they were interviewing all these these black voters saying, hey, what do you think, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? And, and this black woman says, Donald Trump. And, and they said, well, why? Why are you voting for Donald Trump? And she says, because he keeps it real. Because he keeps it real. He's authentic. Maybe you don't like some of the tweets he sent out. Maybe you don't like the way he responds sometimes. But he's authentic. He's the real deal. And frankly, just look at the metrics from when. Just look at – you don't even have to quote numbers and stats because, you know, you can, you can, you know, manipulate numbers all day long. The fact is people know how they had it under Trump and they know how they have it under Biden tester. As some other black voters said, hey, with Trump, we had money. With Biden, we're broke. So do you want to be broke with Biden? Or do you want to be successful with Trump? You know, it's, pre it's pretty simple, isn't it, really? But I think, Virginia, what you said about, about you know, keeping it real, basically, and being authentic, I, th I think I think you're onto something there for sure. Uh, phone lines are open for you, right?
taking your calls live. 406-294-0970. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. We got some messages that have come in here on our Montana Talks app. Yeah, download the Montana Talks app. You can send us a message right from there. Or better yet, call into the show. It's even better to hear it in your own words or in your voice. Uh, in fact, we'll get to Richard in Jordan here in just a second. 406-294-0970 if you want to call in. Uh, let's see. Uh, some of the messages on the app here. Right on John in Bozeman. I think Matt Rosendale was listening to Montana Talks and with the disgust of all the people of Montana, they want him in the U.S. Congress, not in the U.S. Senate, especially since Tim Sheehy is a quality candidate to beat flip-flop flat top. So that was a right on John. Uh, let's see. The Enforcer in Deer Lodge. That's the name uh, uh, this uh, listener is going by here. After listening to several podcasts... What I learned is if the government tells you that you don't need to worry about anything, you better be worried. Unfortunately, they are treating us Americans as if we are mushrooms, keeping us in the dark and feeding us BS. Hey, speaking of mushrooms, what was that pizza shop that Fannie Willis said she, that her and her, her boyfriend uh, go to? <laughs> was... The something mushroom, anyway. It was like, did you guys watch any any of this, uh, you know, soap opera, which was uh, the uh, Georgia prosecutor, Fannie, Fannie uh, Willis, the one who's leading the political persecution against Donald J. Trump? Man, oh, I mean, it was just hysterical to watch her testify yesterday. In fact, I'll bet you, if you look at the, at the, if you watch the video of when she burst into the courtroom, and demanded to take the witness stand. Her lawyers had been telling her, Fanny, keep your Fanny out of the courtroom. Just do not get up there and testify. The look on her lawyers' faces when she burst into the courtroom, I swear it's the same look that Joe Biden's handlers at the White House had when he turned around and walked back up to the podium at the press conference last week. The look on their face was like, no, don't go up there. Don't go up there. Just the same thing that Joe Biden's handlers were saying when he turned around and went back to the podium and then started screwing up uh, Mexico versus Egypt right after he was angrily defending uh, his memory. Uh, speaking of Fannie Willis, I shared this via Twitter uh, earlier this morning. What about Fannie Willis for Bozeman City Manager? Fannie Willis for Bozeman City Manager. I mean... You got to pay her in cash, though. Uh, She wants that FU money, too, just like that Bozeman City manager wants his FU money. But uh, you got to pay her in cash. Got to pay her in cash. Uh, X.com slash Aaron Flint if you want to have some fun with that one. Uh, By the way, speaking of the Bozeman City manager, um, he has offered to resign, but he wants a full severance package. And so far, the city is not accepting that offer uh, from him. They're trying not to give him the FU money. As they try to show him the door, Richard in Jordan. Thanks for the phone call. What's on your mind this morning? Good morning, Aaron. Morning. Say, uh, you know, Matt Rosendale. As I've mentioned before, he's he's got my vote for the house. Uh, he's doing a really good job there. But you know, I it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't decide to to run for reelection, and I wouldn't blame him. 
I watched a documentary here a while back. Matt Matt Gates was a part of it. It was kind of the the day or the a couple weeks in the life of a freshman congressman, and the way that they the rules for the GOP in the House, as set by Newt Green Gingrich back in the early nineties, is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we send from the state of Montana, we send a representative to Washington, and the rules are. They have to prove that they can raise money for the GOP for their first four years. And if they can get themselves reelected in their district, then they'll talk about allowing them to co-sponsor a bill, maybe, which is ridiculous. I mean, I, I personally, I'm not, I'm not sending Matt Rosendale to Congress to sit there and figure out how much money they can get from Montanans or having to go to outside sources just so that they can meet a quota for the GOP. I mean, yeah. the rules have to change. Well, really think do. about just the lifestyle. I mean, and, and and I get why the why the why the Republicans are are big on hey. If, you know, you want to be in leadership, you got to be able to raise money because, look, uh, money is what funds uh, campaigns, and, and that's how you win office. That's how you gain the majority. But, yeah, who wants to live that kind of a lifestyle? I think it was it Chip Roy, the congressman out of Texas, you know, when that battle was taking place last summer over, you know, another CR. And Chip Roy came up came up with, I thought, was a good, a good compromise. He said, okay, look, guys, um, uh, I, I got a short-term spending deal. But it it would secure our border. It would force the border issue on the table. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, even some of his own Freedom Caucus members voted against it. But then, you know, as always happens, it's like if you don't agree with with the uh, the the Twitter keyboard warriors on one little thing, they started attacking Chip Roy and calling Chip Roy a rhino. And it's like, OK, Chip Roy is not a rhino. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. But. But oh. Chip Roy in, in was lashing out in response. He's like, "Oh, seriously? You people want to question, you know, my credentials? You want to you want to attack me?" He's like, I, "I've seen my family two days out of the last thirty-one days." And because you're right, it's like, "Okay, you're traveling. Okay, so you're in Washington during the week, and then when you come home, you're not really home because you have to be campaigning and traveling the state and meeting with constituents and hearing from constituents. And then you're doing fundraisers in Washington practically every night, and then you're doing fundraisers back back home in Montana every single right. night. And 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 yet, what is actually getting accomplished right right now? So, who would actually want to do it, right? Well, and that's that's my exact point. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame. Uh, Mr. Rosendale, if he decided, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this, because they're not letting him do anything there. It's, so he uses his voice. But you made up a really good point right there, that everybody, every Republican has to spend about 90% of their time saying, that's a lie. I don't know if you've ever kind of looked at the, the comments that go through every time somebody from the GOP here in Montana posts something. Oh yeah, the, the online liberal trolls are, are yeah. Does it, you could be saying, "Hey, uh, uh, happy birthday to to my sweet wife," and the liberal trolls will jump on there with some of the nastiest stuff you've ever seen. And, and unfortunately, that that is what the Montana Democrat Party and the Montana the MPFE t- union. Let's be honest, who's behind it? That's the type of garbage that they do, right? Yeah. Have you have you seen by chance the latest that's come out that's being sponsored by that um, uh, Montana Democrats? And it's uh, 
It's basically a vocal campaign against uh, Ryan Zinke and Tim Sheehy, and they're literally using the word stolen valor. Really? In, wow. In regards to both of them. I, I mean, I read probably, I think it was like 15 different comments all in one thread on Ryan Zinke's uh, Facebook page. It was a, they, it almost looked like they were using talking points saying that he was stolen valor oh, and uh, that his his uh, time in service was not honorable and then they started doing it with uh, with Tim Sheehy, uh, yeah Tim Sheehy. and we all know who's behind it John Tester and his oh, yeah. cronies at the Democrat Party and Chuck Schumer and it's so disgusting I I wonder if they don't realize you know you know um, Tim Sheehy was telling me a lot of the people that are showing up at his at his events these meet and greets he's doing you know 70 people that showed up and brought us a lot of them are of course veterans and these veterans right. are ticked because they see how John Tester and the Democrats are falsely attacking a veteran it, like like one of their attacks is oh he's a pretend cowboy uh, actually, no, uh-huh. he, he owns a ranch uh, and owns a lot of cows, and it's a pretty incredible story about what he and his fellow Navy SEAL teammate are doing with the Little Bell Cattle Company, and they, and they own a feedlot here in Montana, too, and they were at the Stock Growers uh, Convention in case, but, but then John Tester wasn't there, and, and actually, it's pretty incredible that much like our World War I and our World War II veterans and every other war veteran, they get out of the, they get, they come home from war or they, or they retire from the military and now they wonder what's, what's my, what's next? What do I do in life now? Man, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I wanna become a high tech guy or I wanna become a, a small business owner or I wanna go back, or I wanna be a rancher. We need younger family farmers and younger family ranchers and we want veterans to have a purpose and an identity and economic opportunity when they get out of, get done serving in the military. It's an incredible story. It's a great story. Veterans love it. But the Democrats are trashing him for it. It tells, it tells Montana veterans everything they need to know about John Tester and the Democrat Party, that, that they want veterans to be victims, not successes. Absolutely. You, 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 I couldn't have said it any better myself. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, yeah, thanks, Richard. Good. Hey, you too. All right, appreciate the phone call. Uh, man, he must have our clock memorized because there goes the music. we got to take a quick break here on Montana Talks. Uh, phone lines are open for you. If you've got something you want to talk about, call right now, 406-294-0970. We have some guests uh, in the house for the first half of the 9 o'clock hour, and then we'll try to free up some open phones time in the second half, given the big news going on right now. 294-0970. Now, here's the morning Sean Hannity update. I'm not against immigration. I'm for legal immigration. All four of my grandparents were immigrants. They came here with no money in their pocket, next to no money, from Ireland. All four of them. They came. They went through Ellis Island. They came in legally. I assume that there was some type of vetting back in the day. It was certainly not as as perilous a time as this in a post-9-11, post-October 7th world that we live in. Romney's argument is, well, we can't stand back and let Putin have his way with Europe. No, the Republicans were saying, secure the border first. And I would add to that, get your budget in balance first. Then we can talk about issues involving how much money is left. How much should America's contribution be? Join Sean later today, right here on the Sean Hannity Show. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well... 
trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. And switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's go right into your phone calls. We've got several callers on the line. We'll try to get to everybody before we wrap up the hour. Nick in Columbia Falls, listening to the locally owned KJJR. Nick, uh, great to hear from you. Yes, on the news the other night, the deal that George Soros bought a network of about 200 radio stations. Does that have anything to do with any of the stations we use here in Montana? You know, that's a good question. I've been meaning to look into that a little more because, yeah, I was concerned when I saw that report as well. I don't believe we have – I'm forgetting the company name that uh, that was in that report, but I don't believe any radio stations in Montana are currently owned by that company. Um, okay. But uh, but but I'll, I'll have to reach out to some of our fellow broadcasting friends to find out. I, I can tell you, your local uh, station there, KJJR in Columbia Falls, uh, and the B Broadcasting stations, those are locally owned, so you can be thankful for that. Well, I know that, yeah. I'm right. curious, though, but check it out, please. Yeah, I need to. Go from there. Uh, I need to, All yeah. Right. Thanks for putting that on our radar. And, yeah, yet another reason why it's so great when you support your local radio stations here in Montana. Because, yeah, the left wants to shut down talk radio, that's for sure. Uh, David and Vaughn, what's on your mind? Hey, hey Aaron. Yeah, I've uh, been uh, thinking about she. He, you know, he's what I hear is a good guy, but not after your show is done. It's after 10. It's on 102.7, we have these clips on about she and he stole money. <laughs> is, is there any truth to that? Was that or, a was that a or, show or was that a was that a Chuck Schumer radio commercial? I don't know what it was. He talks about and how good test is and but it. it Oh yeah, that's a Chuck I Schumer radio ad. Yeah, that's a Chuck Schumer radio ad, which which means it's all BS. Yeah. So I was just wondering why you'd even play it on play that on one or two point seven. Good question. You know, I've had people ask that question. Why am I hearing these protester commercials? Federal law, uh, they have to play uh, these uh, these campaign commercials. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, they're required by federal law. So uh, yeah, but I hear you. A lot of people are like, "Oh my goodness, John Tester is against the people of Montana. Why does he get to flood the airwaves like this?" Greg in Great Falls, what's on your mind? Hi, Aaron. Thanks for taking my 
call. Um, I've got uh, several uh, ads that I'd like to bring up. The first ad is for, from a uh, Michael Jerkyneck uh, that's uh, advertising about Tester. This guy doesn't even sound, he says that he's a Vietnam veteran, but he doesn't sound like he's old enough to have even been in Vietnam. But uh, that's, I guess that's maybe beside the point. I've never seen the uh, commercial on TV, but only on radio. The other ad was one that uh, Tester ran before when he was running uh, the last time about that young man from uh, Helena that uh, was saying about Tester and his P. Uh, this guy helped that uh, Tester helped him with his PTSD. Yeah. And I ran a, a Google search on that guy, and he was in, I think, Army Guard or something for three years. And he was discharged, and he got PTSD. But the kid was, uh, he said that he had PTSD, but he had drugs and alcohol problems and stuff like that. No wonder he had PTSD. Well, you but know, I some guys will, unfortunately, well, sometimes people will, unfortunately, turn to, you know, turn to drugs and alcohol. And, and, and so, yeah, that's the thing. Here, here's the thing, though. Like, every one of our elected officials should have a story like those where they can say, well, uh, he helped me with this issue I had with the federal government, or she helped me with this issue. Yeah, that's called congressional casework. That's your job to assist with stuff like that. But if you look at John Tester's veterans on records, uh, record on the veterans issues, look at the decline in the VA right now. John Tester and Joe Biden are responsible for that decline. He's the chairman of the VA committee. They, they just want to prop up the federal bureaucracy. They want veterans to be victims. They don't want veterans to be successful. Uh, so, yeah, Tester.